Do you think Twitter will be in violation of uh, federal election laws with the size of an in-kind contribution to take down a story, which is true, by the way, because you guys thought you knew something with limited information? You have to want to be there for your for your people. Put it right now. Okay, yo. This is a podcast going on. You know what I'm saying? Down here doing my favorite thing on a Sunday afternoon. You're listening to the American Freedom and God podcast. Presented by JPF and Associates and the JohnPFox.com training portal and classroom where we share commentary, wisdom, and counsel. This is a weekly podcast show. Thank you for tuning in. Next, Twitter executives being interviewed uh, by Congress. I think literally all week long last week. Uh, we're going to listen in with Byron Donalds today. We're going to hear some of the questions he has for these guys that uh, used to be the higher-ups at Twitter. <laughs> okay, that's going to be interesting. And uh, we're going to look at uh, some more uh, information coming from Judicial Watch today. I've got the newsletter ready to go. Might read a couple of paragraphs and then listen to Tom Fitton, president of Judicial Watch, for a minute or two. And guess what? Today's hope message, guys, an atheist becomes a Christian or becomes a believer, if you want to just put it like that. Uh, yes, so I have uh, today's hope message is going to be something uh, around those lines. <laughs> also, I'm going to show you uh, today over at JohnPFox.com, the great portfolio. We're going to stop in and see just what's going on in that portfolio, maybe let you... Uh, Get a gander at that. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the American Freedom and God podcast. I'm your host, John P. Fox. I'm trying a little something different today. I'm trying to start the show kind of a little bit differently. I have a, if you guys listen to any past episodes, you know, I always come in with, all right, all right, all right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of American Freedom. And it's like, that's getting old. <laughs> Why don't we just get right down into what we're going to talk about today. And then let's open with that. And then say hi, everybody. I think that'll work. You know, you guys get to watch as we go along how I kind of grow into an even better podcaster with time. Hopefully that's going to improve. If not, it's just going to be one of those things because... I vowed to do this. I vowed to spread the word of God. I vowed to talk about the word of God and Jesus and the Bible, you know, the gospel, all of it. And I vowed to do it to, in, a, in, a, in some chance or some hope that it would bring somebody that's not already on their way there to heaven and get a, get, get a turnaround going on for somebody out there. And, and, but it, that, the main reason is we, were, we vow to talk about our faith and, uh, and to anyone who will listen. And so we're two or more come together and worship in his name there is love 
Anyway, so that's the that's the whole message today. We'll be hearing from, um, and I think you guys have heard of him, Jordan Peterson. So I was going to start the show with today's title, How to Learn Truth. And uh, I thought that I might just be able to do some monologue on this, how to learn truth. You know, there's a top, there's a list of top misinformation uh, out there right now. I don't know if it's MSNBC or whose uh, who's show uh, is talking about it that way. But uh, on the top of that list is The War Room with Steve Bannon. If you guys want to know how to learn the truth, first you've got to know who's on the list, the top 10 list of misinformation. <laughs> and I'm saying it like that because ironically enough, as if we don't have enough irony already, ironically enough, these top 10 uh, list of misinformation are actually the guys they don't want you to listen to because they're actually telling you like it is. They're telling you what's real. And so, and bringing receipts to back it up, girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I'd heard someone say it like that the other day. But, um, yeah, so they're doing this, uh, misinformation campaign is actually the truth campaign so it's kind of ironic i mean i'm happy to uh bring you that list the only problem is i don't remember what it was i just know war room was number one on it and um you can just just start naming some of the people like sean hannity and tucker carlson you can those two you know um you can go over maybe to the the five uh <laughs> You know, that you, you can go to some of those shows on Fox News, and then you can go down the list, the Dan Bongino podcast. Um, yeah, there's the Clay and Buck show, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on. Uh, they took over the slot that was formerly uh, headed up by Rush Limbaugh, who pretty much was a one-man show. I mean, he had, he had, um, he had his producer back there, Snurdly, but Rush seldom ever interviewed anybody. If he did hear another voice on his show, it was usually a recording of an interview he had elsewhere that he decided to go ahead and play a little bit of. But Rush explained it, you know, he used to say, he, he's explained it many times. He, he said, I, you know, I just, I'm not here to be, de to deny or not be denied or to, uh, to have a discussion back and forth, you know, in front of the microphone. I'm just here to tell you, he, he, he didn't have the time to let somebody else into the conversation or the points he was trying to make. He just wanted to drill down each and every day on his own. And that's exactly what he did. And I guess, uh, yeah, I don't quite, I, I probably didn't hammer his exact explanation for it, but I, I think I got close. And so, and then there, that was the Clan Buck show. They took over that slot. And these guys are absolutely just bringing you the truth. They're, they're, uh, they're doing a phenomenal job of taking over Russia's slot. They did very well at that. So, how do we learn the truth? Well, you start with, <laughs> you could start with this top list of what the other side doesn't want you to hear. And here's another reason that I'm telling you this. Did you know that the highest viewed videos like on uh on the internet it doesn't even have to be on youtube it could just be on somebody's website but the, the videos that went viral the most or have the most views are the ones that have in the title banned video <laughs> all you got to do is write banned video and you got clickbait right there because when they find out that the video has been banned they want to see it. They want to know why. It's uh, you know it makes sense, right? You, you get the same way. It's a banned video. Why? Let me let me let me just 
open this thing up and see. And I want in on this. I want to see why it's banned. What what would they do? Turns out that it's too truthful or it exposes something that, uh, you know, certain people in certain higher places don't want American people knowing. And so it's kind of like a taboo video for that reason. So if it's been censored by YouTube, um, and then you later put it on uh, another website like Rumble, and you write in the title, YouTube banned this video, people are going to want to know why. And if you are told that you are the top, the number one show, the number one podcast out there that has for for misinformation, if it's being said that about you, that means you're saying stuff that the people who's calling it misinformation do not want the American people hearing. <laughs> it's really no more complicated than that. So how do we learn the truth? Go to the ones that are considered misinformation first. You have a doctor that uh, is the RNA, RNA um, expert from... As far back as he, I think he said in Dr. Maloney, I think he said back in the 80s, RNA uh, research and development. And so he knows a lot about that and what, what goes on with uh, the vaccines and the spike and all that stuff that uh, the, the important stuff that one would really need to, to understand if they were in that business trying to develop vaccines. He's a, he was a virologist uh, for, for many, many years and, if he knew anything about vaccines, if anybody knew anything about vaccines, he did. He's one of those people. But, you know, they shut him up everywhere he tried to talk. Ah, he was just basically trying to get the truth out there. And um, by trying to get the truth out there, he was being censored and shut down and canceled. So, and I was listening to some of what he was saying and I was thinking to myself, oh, and it's too late. I already cooked the vaccine. So rather than getting in a panic, he said, you know, he did also give the advice, look, don't get into a panic. This thing is not necessarily good for you, but, and here's why. And he explains it all. But they said, don't get into a panic because, um, you're still here today. You're still doing okay. And each day that you're still here is another good day. If you start worrying about, am I going to be here in a week or in a month or in a year from now, if things are going to go wrong because they took this vaccine, that's no way to live. So he was trying to kind of put that out there. Don't, don't go around paranoid, but this is what you got to know. And maybe it'll help you out the next time you're confronted with, like say, a booster or getting it again and again. This is what you have to know about these things. But for him to talk that way, Back in 2021, 2020, 2021, and in 2022, they simply could would not put up with it. He not only didn't get any interviews with uh, other experts in the field, um, he he got shut down on as much as they possibly could off of Twitter, off the, uh, I guess Facebook, uh, any popular social networking site. Sorry, I keep looking that way because I was hearing a motor vehicle guys and I was. Really hoping it would kind of go away. <laughs> Those things get picked up on a, on a podcast here. Anyways, back to what I was saying. He was hoping that to get the word out there, he's doing the best he can trying to tell what it is he knows about, uh, scientifically about these vaccines and they were shutting him up. But you know, today in 2023, he's starting to be heard again and people are starting to give a listen <laughs> is the one way to put it. And so, but anyways, Robert, uh, that 
Yeah, Robert Malone was considered misinformation for the longest time. And uh, Dr. Malone, he was uh, for the longest time. So this is just, these things are just rolling around the back of my brain. I do not have every name of um, everything I'm going to be talking to you about here in this monologue memorized. So if I get it wrong, that's probably why. But it's like there's a whole snowball of information wadded up in the back of my head from things I've been hearing over time um to to learn how to find the truth you have to learn who to listen to and who to be skeptical with and also learn to cross-reference it so if you're saying one thing on msnbc or abc or nbc or cnn then go ahead over to fox news and see if if they're saying the same thing about that story over there okay and you're cross-referencing or you can start at fox news and whatever story they have uh, in the headlines, uh, say at the opening of Tucker Carlson's show, whatever story he starts uh, with and goes into and shows uh, video footage of and comments on, maybe you can cross-reference that same story on one of the other channels. But I'm, I, I said this before, you really, you can do that and that's fine. You know, I, I'm not discouraging it. Cross-reference it. Go over to CNN and see what they're saying about that. You will find that they're saying the exact opposite and they're calling Tucker all kinds of horrible things. <laughs> uh, and, and what all Tucker is doing is bringing in that story. So it doesn't matter what the story is about. You know, if, if Tucker's saying it, it must be a lie. That's, that's how it's, uh, out there now. Same thing with uh, Sean Hannity, which comes on right after Tucker. So if Sean is saying it, it must be a lie, you know, um, the, the things like that. So these guys, uh, will be telling you stuff that the other side is saying is misinformation. So what you do, if you want to learn how to know the truth, this is how I did it. I spent each day well, see, I have these, uh, this job I do around here to take care of the property. I'm kind of like the chief engineer. I've got to be here at least two days out of the week. And then the rest of the week, I can go off and work for other clients and then do whatever I want. You know, write my books, whatever. So I, basically, I'm here a lot. And when I'm here, I have to learn how to keep my, my mind busy while I'm working. So I'm out there. There's a, there's a huge, uh, fountain that has to be taken care of out in the yards. I'm out there and you know, getting the moss and everything out of there and the leaves and I'm listening to a podcast and I'm listening to it and you know what it is, who it is? It's the Glenn Beck Show. Yeah. And I'm listening and Glenn, and I am learning things that I did not know this was happening. And then when I watch uh, the news on TV, they won't talk about that. And I'm going, hmm. So I'm going to listen to get Glenn Beck again tomorrow morning and see what he talks about. You know what? I'm going to do that for a week. Now, better yet, I'm going to do it for three weeks straight. You know, a boxer, before he gets into the ring and is really ready for his bout, he's going to go through a certain, his trainer is going to take him through a three-week training, a minimum of a three-week training regiment it's going to be vigorous at times it's going to be endurance training it's going to be can you you, you got to get ready to take a lot of hits got to get ready you got to learn to block the hits it's just three straight solid weeks and nothing but you getting healthy not eating the wrong things not eating too much but, but eating just enough making sure the protein's in place they have this expertise and he's going to be put through it he or she, for the next three weeks, called the three-week training. Now, I just learned this like way back when I was a kid. I don't know if they're still calling it that or doing it that way, but that's how they used to do it. So you want to take 
three weeks training of going to the top list of misinformation. Uh, so I was listening to Glenn Beckett a couple of times, and I just decided to keep listening. I didn't know what ESG was, and they weren't talking about that on the news. As a matter of fact, that if you mention it on CNN or MSNBC, if you if you if you get up get on there on the phone or whatever, and say yes, a caller, I'm gonna take a caller question. They go, well, what is this ESG that's going on? They'll say, huh, what? Yeah, <laughs> but you can listen to Glenn Beck and get the inside on uh, everything there is to know about it, what it stands for, what it means, what the banks are doing, what, what's starting to happen. It's uh, a collaboration, and pretty soon the corporations, some of them are going to be in, some of them are not, and the ones that are not are going to die, they'll be canceled, the ones that are in, and it's all going to turn to that. You're going to be controlled by that. He's, he's like, he's even advertising, you might want to start investing in precious metals or something because if this thing keeps going the way that it is, your money's not going to be worth much anymore. So anyways, that, I'm learning that on the Glenn Beck show. And then right after, it's like time to, uh, you know, almost time for lunch or something. And then on came was, was Rush Limbaugh, which is now the Clay and Buck show. So we're listening to the Clay and Buck show now. And we're, we're still in our three weeks training and I'm getting information about, uh, what's going on with COVID and getting information about what's in the news, the latest, what's in the news, uh, in the government, what's in the news with, um, the DLJ, who they just raided, things like that. And I'm getting that on their show. And then they are, uh, taking some questions on their show towards, uh, before it's over. And I said, three weeks training now. I'm going to keep listening to those two shows. For starters, and then one more, Sean Hannity comes on at three, right after Clay and Buck, same radio station, well, here where I live. If you guys just look it up, it's going to be in your area on a radio station, okay? Just kind of type in the name and ask for it. Uh, I use the iHeartRadio app, and now I have Sean Hannity on. He's on at three, and he's, uh, he's got his assistant he's always talking to on the show, and, you know, you get used to him, and you get used to hearing, uh, and you get uh, familiar, and he gets people like Sebastian Gorka on there on to interview. He does interview people. He get, brings him on and interviews him. Um, there's people, there's lawyers that he interviews a long time, for a long time, um, and Greg Jarrett, for for example, and what, he, what Greg tells you is out of his knowledge of law and law from what he's learned being a lawyer in law school and beyond he can tell you exactly what just happened with that incident and exactly what's going to play out next and likely what's going to be said about it by by these people and what's going to be said about it by these people and what's likely going to be covered up or attempted to to not show or redacted and see greg's an expert of this stuff so sean will be interviewing him and then we'll go on and by this time now i have learned some things that i am simply not going to get on CNN or MSNBC, NBC, ABC, CBS, all the alphabet news, the Washington Post, the New York Times, the Huffington Post, the Associated Press, you, the list goes on and on. You're not going to get any of the information that I just, uh, from the shows that I just mentioned on, and on those other mainstream news. As a matter of fact, if you were to call in and ask about any of that, that Sean, Clay and Buck, Glenn, uh, Tucker, any of them are talking about, they'll tell you, what? what, what, what do you mean ESG? What is that? What is the uh, deep state? We don't know about no deep state. Why don't you explain to me what you mean by that? That's how they'll answer you. And oh yeah, don't forget the war room. You could just type it in and say, I'm looking for the war room with Steve Bannon. 
and you will get exactly what's going on. Like right now, currently, Steve's talking a lot to Carrie Lake, the, the gubernatorial race uh, that went on in Arizona and was botched up seriously bad. And the judge was like, well, you, you just you just don't have enough things to, to stand on evidence-wise. He's, the judge made it impossible to convince the court with the evidence they did have. And so you, you can see where the branches of government, the, the powers are being wielded on more than one level. It's not just the legislative level or the governorship, but it's also the, the judicial branch is also saying, I, I, don't worry, I'll strong arm this thing for you too. And whether or not the, 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 the voting system worked, um, fair and square becomes secondary. Let it go. It's done already. Yeah, but see, Carrie Lake was the, the most popular in this vote and had pretty much the most people there trying to cast. And they all got, almost all of them, she said a number of like 70% got turned away and told that it's broken. <laughs> now, if there ain't something wrong with that, I don't know what, I don't know what to tell you. But anyways, I wouldn't have known half of that stuff if I didn't listen to some of Steve Bannon's show. And so I'm listening to the war room and I'm, I'm learning this stuff. And then there's Carrie comes on and she's talking and she's telling exactly, exactly what it is I didn't know. And so did what Carrie just say? Is that misinformation? That the, uh, the, the ballots were stuck or broken and the printouts were the wrong size intentionally. The intentionally part you might question, but were they the wrong size? Yes. So it's not misinformation. No. I'm just getting told stuff that is known as the truth. So it that about wraps up the opening monologue, guys. How to learn the truth is to the, the today's show. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to go into a little bit with uh, Byron Donalds. He's interviewing Twitter's ex-executives. And the reason I want to play that is because I need you guys to understand something. Now with the new Congress, we have a new outlook on everything that's been happening and we're going to learn some more truth thanks to the new congress who is concerned that uh the government was being uh weaponized uh against its own people and becoming more than just uh the representatives of those governed if if you can get the gist on that let me see if i can just get to that right now while i'm I, well, before I go to that sound, no, we can go to that sound by now. I can come back to the newsletter with Tom Fitton, which I had open first. All right, so let's get into this interview, guys. I'm going to go ahead and play that, and then we'll get right back into it here to the next thing. I couldn't say for sure. Did you ever have any contact with the DNC? Directly? No, I did not. Did anybody at Twitter have any contact with anybody at the DNC? I think it's likely that somebody at Twitter did, yes. In these, in these emails, it's listed that these are, th these are tweets that had to be flagged from the Biden team. That's what's in the files. Um, you have no idea how many people actually in uh, engage with the Twitter team or how frequently that engagement happened. No, and again, that was by design. We kept those functions separate from content moderation so that we could impartially assess reports like this. Do you know how many tweets were actually flagged and taken down at the behest of the Biden team? I wouldn't agree with the characterization of it as being at the behest of them. These tweets were reported, and Twitter independently evaluated them under its but the, rules. But the, but the email is very clear. More to review from Biden team. The response three hours later at the bottom, hold this up real quick so you can see. The request at the bottom, it says, handled these. What does handled these mean? 
My understanding is that these tweets contained non-consensual nude photos of Hunter Biden, and they were removed by the company under... Hold on, real quick, Mr. Roth. How could you know so much about the content of these tweets? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, these are just web addresses. I don't know what's in these tweets. You have these things committed to memory that you know the content, but you don't know who you talk to you talk to at the Biden team? Sir, I didn't meet with the Biden team, but there was extensive public reporting about these tweets specifically that uncovered what they you were. You know the contents of the tweets. I it was obviously at Twitter, but you have no idea how often people who worked in your organization had with the Biden team during the end of the 2020 presidential election. I would emphasize that the people who interfaced with the campaigns were not part of my team or organization. I would know what the interactions were if they were on my team. It was a different part of the organization, not mine. Let me ask you a separate question, and I'll ask it of, of you too, Mr. Baker. Have you guys been able to quantify the amount of in-kind contributions associated with taking down the New York Post story? Because the New York Post story was down for two weeks, give or take. Do you have, do you have any uh, understanding of how, how much that story was limited by Twitter and also by other social media companies, what the impact of an in-kind contribution that would be to the Joe Biden presidential election in 2020? I don't know the answer to that question, sir. Do you think it's big? I don't know the answer. Do you think it's more than a maximum contribution to a campaign? I don't. I wouldn't want to speculate. Would you call it 25,000? I don't know the answer to that question. 100,000? Sir, I don't know the answer to the question. A million? I don't know the answer to the question. Do you think Twitter will be in violation of uh, federal election laws with the size of an in-kind contribution to take down a story, which is true, by the way, because you guys thought you knew something with limited information? I'm not going to speculate on that uh, sitting here today, sir. I try to give or try to propound a legal analysis of uh, election laws. I'll yield back. Gentleman yields back. Chair recognizes. All right, uh, he yields back. Uh, he's not getting anywhere. Oops. <laughs> not getting anywhere interviewing these guys. They sit there and they look at the questions and they look at the congressman that's questioning them and they are just, you can just look and see that, uh, oh my God, I do not want to be here answering these questions right now. They have to pretend that and they didn't do really do anything wrong, but when you look back at the Twitter files, it is um, obvious that everything that was being done, I have to look back to the, to the day that it was, and I just remember what was being said then. It's like, wow, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene got, she just got um, taken off of Twitter today. They just, uh, not shadow banner, they removed her account from Twitter. I've got banned from Twitter. Now, if I'm going to post on social networking, uh, I'm just going to have to start over. She had over several million followers that she was able to connect with uh, through Twitter. And each time she would connect, it would either help her campaigns or what she was had going on, her, her cause. Uh, out of these followers, it, would, it was, you know, there was huge support there. Twitter was... Uh, you know, a platform to get that done. And to, they just would yank that out from under anybody. They decided it's time to yank. <laughs> it's time to yank this person. Uh, have you ever seen like when they're on the stage and I, I gong show type act and 
uh, before the gong, they used to have the big old hook that come out. I think, I think it was part of the comedy of the old days, but had a big old hook that come out and go around their waist and just kind of, kind of pull that backstage behind the curtain. Hey, wait a minute. We're done. You're done. <laughs> so Twitter was doing this basically sending out the hook and pulling, uh, prominent figures off of their platform that they, they just didn't want them to be uh, allowed to talk to their millions of followers anymore. They wanted this to stop, wanted to stop now. So um, Byron Donalds is asking uh, the man, you know, what do you know? What, what was this last uh, in the news or the Twitter files about these links here? What's the content? And why did you shut this down? When we know it was true, uh, and, and these are, by the way, these are emails that proves what you guys are saying to each other. And they're just looking at him going, uh, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to get into the legal, the legal premise of, of such a thing. Um, and I cannot answer that here today, sir. <laughs> well, all I can say is, uh, guys, find out who did wrong and, Get the hook and pull them off the stage. Uh, put it that way. So, you know, they, they don't, there could be depositions one day for some of these people, but they, they get all this protection from the branches of government that was colluding with them. So it's like nobody ever has, on that side of the coin. Now, if it were the other side, the flip side of the coin, the conservatives would, they did put a bunch of people in jail already for, for that matter, but the conservatives would pay. It's just when it's the, uh, it's a hard one to talk about too, because I'm not trying to be this biased voice for you guys. I come here to, this is the Meet American Freedom and God podcast. We're going to be talking about what it says in scripture here in just a few minutes. And I want to make sure you know the size of the heart of the person that's talking to you without a bias uh, under or overtone. So I was like, we're going to read from Judicial Watch next. I just got a few things I wanted to point out. Um, the headline is Breaking Hunter Biden Gun Scandal News. And so as you know, we are investigating. So this is a newsletter that I get uh, once a week or so from uh, Judicial Watch. And, you know, I, I use some of the content from the newsletter to give me something to share. And so allow me. <laughs> as you know, we are investigating whether um, and how the Secret Service inter, uh, intervened with Hunter Biden in an incident involving a gun that he allegedly owned. Well, here's the latest. And guys, I want to apologize in advance. Sometimes when I read out loud, I, I stumble um, a little bit there. And so if you'll bear with, that would be awesome. Remember to always show your awesome. <laughs> we received records from the Secret Service related to the investigation of Hunter Biden's gun, reportedly disposed of in a dumpster in Delaware in October 2018. Okay, these new records suggest that one can't take at face value the Secret Service's denial that it wasn't involved in Hunter Biden's gun cover-up. So there was a denial from the Secret Service. We're not involved with that, um, you know, that gun cover up where it was thrown in the trash no, we we're not we weren't involved we know not we know nothing <laughs> schultz from uh whatever that show is called anyway the records show agencies officials discussing media reports of its alleged involvement with one finding it uh quote unquote odd that the secret service was involved in investigation when joe and hunter biden were not receiving secret service protection at the time and then another official response Maybe we were asked for a favor. 
Yeah, that could be. Uh, okay, so there they are discussing it. It's obvious that they're discussing it with each other. Um, the records show the agency alerted that uh, Biden White House and alerted the Biden White House and crafted a public statement listing it had, quote, no involvement in this alleged incident, end quote. Okay, so yeah, no involvement, alleged incident, but yet you're talking to each other. Secret Service was involved in investigation. Well, I find it odd <laughs> since we weren't offering Secret Service protection at the time. Well, anyways, uh, it says no involvement in this alleged incident, end quote, and refusing to provide any additional clarification on media inquiries to media inquiries. So in September 2022, we filed a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit for the records and communications about the reported purchase, possession, and disposal of the firearm owned by Hunter Biden found in a Delaware dumpster in October of 2018. And we reported in December of 2022 that the Secret Service repeatedly changed its position about whether it is in possession of records related to the investigation of Hunter Biden's gun or not. Uh, and then I'm gonna one more paragraph here, guys. The newly obtained uh, records show that on October 29th, 2020, a person whose name is redacted emails a Secret Service official in the PID Protective uh, Intelligence Assessment Division. Um, yeah, so in the PID with a link to the a Blaze article published earlier that day reporting that Hallie. Biden had taken a handgun owned by a Hunter Biden in 2018. And, uh, okay. I'm going to leave this up to Tom Fitton and company to file and, and work with and deal with. But here, Tom sends out in his newsletter exactly what they're up to, exactly what's going on. I read some of it to you. These guys, um, <laughs> the public is, is being told different things from different people. And today's episode is how to learn the truth. One way is you can go to judicialwatch.org and subscribe to the newsletter and let Tom Fitton um, fill you in uh, each time he sends out on what they're filing, what their records. These are extensive. This uh, this article right here is very extensive. It's, it goes quite a bit longer. And then down there at the bottom, he signs in. And he says, until next week. He's talking about everything they're doing over there. And you know what he needs, too? He needs your help. If you can donate you know, to Judicial Watch. Because I think they're doing an awesome service for the United States people and the people of the U.S. using the Freedom of Information Act as their, um, you know, their umbrella. So I wanted to just share some of that with you and let you know this is another way that you can learn truth there's truth to be learned, and if you're not reading stuff like this and understanding what uh, your freedom of information provides you, then this, you're not getting truth. So your freedom of information uh, allots you this information, and all you did, all you got to do to see what Judicial Watch is up to, who utilizes that, um, is to sign on to their newsletter, and you're on your way. Another person that I recommend listening to to get good information from and it's very truthful and it's also insightful because of the commentary that goes with it and that is Dr. Steve Turley you can find him on YouTube with a lot he's got a YouTube channel there with a lot of truth and information and he puts a nice commentary to uh, it, it, it could be entertaining to listen to him and what I like is it, it's it's very uh, enlightening wow I didn't know that at all 
Yeah, and you get your information that way. That's how you learn the truth. So today's hope message is going to be, we're going to talk to Jordan Peterson, and we're going to listen to Jordan Peterson as he explains to us um, what has changed. He used to be an atheist, uh, somebody who refuses to believe in God's uh, atheology. And what we're going to do is we're going to listen to what he has to say about that, I know this isn't a lesson out of the Bible, but it's still a hope message lesson for you guys. So here, let's check that out. I'm trying to keep myself oriented in that direction. It's a religious orientation, fundamentally. It's an overwhelming orientation. But there's no escaping the questions of the ultimate meaning of life. I'm not an atheist anymore because I don't look at the world that way anymore. I'm not a materialist anymore. I don't think the world's made out of matter. I think it's made out of what matters. It's made out of meaning. What we orient towards unconsciously, which means what captures our attention, is meaning, and it captures our attention before we know what it is. The brain acts as if the world's made out of information or made out of meaning. Who would have the audacity to claim that they believed in God if they examined the way they lived, who would dare say that? To, to believe, you think, to believe in a Christian sense, to actually, this is why Nietzsche said there was only ever one Christian, and that was Christ. To have the audacity to claim that means that you live it out fully. And that's an, that's an unbearable task in some sense. To be able to accept the structure of existence, the suffering that goes along with it, and the disappointment and the betrayal, and, and to nonetheless act properly, right? To aim at the good with all your heart, right? To, to dispense with the malevolence and your desire for destruction and revenge and all of that, and to face things courageously and to tell the truth, to speak the truth and to act it out. That's what it means to believe. That's what it means. It doesn't, it doesn't mean to state it. It means to act it out. And unless you act it out, you should be very careful about claiming it. And so I've never been comfortable saying anything other than I try to act as if God exists because God only knows what you'd be if you truly believed. I mean, if you think about it in some sense, that's the central idea in Christianity, is that if you were capable of believing, it would be a transfiguring event, a truly transfiguring event. And I know people experience that to one degree or another, but we have no idea what the limit of that is. And we have no idea what the possibility is within each person if they lived a life that was maximally courageous and maximally truthful. You know, because maybe you're running at 60% or 70% or 20% and at cross purposes to yourself. God only knows what you'd be if, if you believed. And so, well, I act, I try to act like I believe, but I'd never claim that I manage it. So, okay, so you can think about Christ from a psychological perspective and the, the, criti the critic, my critic, this particular critic that I've been reading 
said, well, that, that doesn't differentiate Christ much from a whole sequence of dying and resurrecting mythological gods. And of course, people have made that claim in comparative religion. Joseph Campbell did that, and Jung to a lesser degree, I would say, but Campbell did that. But the difference, and C.S. Lewis pointed this out as well, the difference between those mythological gods and Christ was that there's a, there's a representation of there's a historical representation of his of, of his existence as well. Now you can debate whether or not that's genuine. You can debate about whether or not he actually lived and whether there's credible objective evidence for that, but it doesn't matter in some sense because this, well, it does, but there's a sense in which it doesn't matter because there's still a historical story. And so what you have in the figure of Christ is an actual person who actually lived plus a myth and in some sense, Christ is the union of those two things. The problem is, is I probably believe that, but I don't know. Okay. I don't, I'm amazed at my own belief and I don't understand it. Like, because I've seen. Sometimes the objective world and the narrative world touch you know, that's Jungian synchronicity. And I've seen that many times in my own life. And so in some sense, I believe it's undeniable. You know, we have a narrative sense of the world. For me, that's been the world of morality. That's the world that tells us how to act. It's real. Like we treat it like it's real. It's not the objective world. But the narrative and the objective world touch. And the ultimate example of that in principle is supposed to be Christ. But I don't know what to, um, that seems to me oddly plausible, but I still don't know what to make of it. It's too, and partly because it's too terrifying a reality to fully believe. I don't even know what would happen to you if you fully believed it. But are you a prophet? And, uh, see, to say yes or no, I have to think about how, I think, have to think about how, how I might be conceptualized how what I'm doing might be conceptualized. No, I think I see myself as a psychologist. And fundamentally, I am a psychologist. I'm a behavioral psychologist. And I'm very interested in, I got very interested in psychoanalytic thinking, especially the Jungian variants. And, and I'm a professor and I'm doing that, you know, on a much larger stage, let's say. But that's really what I'm doing. And so it's a combination of those two things. And there's a I mean, I speak about religious matters, but I don't see myself as a religious leader. I, I don't want to make that. All right. Uh, that's you were listening to Jordan Peterson. Now, I have not been, you know, in tune with Jordan Peterson for like a long time or anything. Well, he came on a couple of times while I am doing my research. And I just found it so interesting that, first of all, I, I love his ability to debate with uh, just about anybody you know, on pretty much any subject. And uh, right there, he was breaking up because he was trying to talk about Christ and uh, the, the fundamental uh, idea of believing, what it really means. And he was trying to do that. Uh, it, it was coming from his heart, you could tell. It is all he had to keep from, uh, he had to pause a few times there, you know. We can all get emotional. I think that's what was happening with him. And I just want to say that, um, it is true that it is hard sometimes to conceive what you can truly be, uh, what you can truly be based on 
actually believing as a, as opposed to uh, everything um if you were to just to say everything on earth is pretty much uh, a solid it's made of matter and you know if i run towards that wall right there it's made out of block or even if it's made out of studs and drywall and siding once I get to the wall, if I just keep going, I'm going to bam right into the wall. I'm going to hurt myself and fall over. Um, it's solid matter. It's not going to move for me either. It's just going to stay right there. But there is a time and there is a dimension and there is an opening where you can go through it and come out in another universe or in another existence or in another time. But... It is not your time yet to be able to do that lest you figure out something about planes and meditations and going to a higher plane, out-of-body experiences, things like that. I've never indulged in those uh, types of things, but I do know that matter to, to us who... Separation is another word for death. And for those of us who have not separated yet from the matter that hosts our spirit, uh, we still will run into a solid wall. We're not going to be able to put our arm through it. But there are there are those who didn't maybe go to the light or whatever. They're still hanging around for one reason or another. There's plenty of proof of it. They can put their arm through the matter. They did go through some sort of wormhole. Their physical bones decayed, but their spirit continues. And now the matter that's in the earth is different to them than it is before separation. Again, separation is just another word for death. When you die, it's this flesh and bones. According to the Bible, it's, it's laid out in the Bible in many different ways. And it's laid out by many different authors in the 66 books. We make sure, the Bible makes sure that we learn that we are a spirit and it has been created by God. Um, animals have souls. Animals are uh, also some present in heaven, but for the most part, the soul of the animal may or may not live on. We do know that an animal can get emotional, can get can get happy, can, you know, can cry, can be joyful. Especially dogs, they're hugely emotional. So. We know that God did something there with animals, and it, the Bible does tell us that there are some choice uh, for companionship animals in heaven. But all man created in his likeness, as he talks about in the book of Genesis, was given this spirit, and this spirit is not going to die. <laughs> the Bible in Revelation talks about a second death, and what it's referring to is those who will be cast, their spirit very well may experience a second death. But even then, it's not completely dead. Hell is what it's condemned to. So there's a lot to learn. You, If you want to know more about that, we can always open up the book of Revelation and try to interpret what John on the island of Papus was actually trying. He was writing his visions. It's just, a, it's the same thing. When God was talking to Jeremiah in the book of Jeremiah, telling Jeremiah, Jeremiah heard from the word, heard from uh, the voice of God and, and telling him what to write. 
Jeremiah wrote it. Well, when John was on that island of Pepes that he was exiled to, he's the only uh, apostle that uh, wasn't put to death by, by, um, you know, Roman soldiers or whoever. He was exiled and, and when he got to that island, he was, he was, he was condemned to die there. And God started showing him all these visions and wanted him to write it and, and um, so it kind of says that it says that he began to write what he saw and then he describes all these things that he saw and what we have to do is we have to understand the mysterious god that we're created by and he's mysteriously told us everything of the end times and through john and through the book of revelation and if you read the book of revelation you might get confused at first I recommend asking a scholar of the Holy Bible, somebody like Dr. David Jeremiah, to teach to teach you what it's trying to say. You can always do a search online where you ask the question, what does the book of Revelation actually mean? And you will find in the results plenty of scholars that will attempt to, to convey that to you. And they've been around studying uh, the Holy Bible for many years and they devote their heart, mind, and soul to it. So you're going to get a good answer from them uh, most of the time. Now, if you're just picking up on somebody from Yahoo Answers, <laughs> you may not, maybe not so much. There is this thing that we don't see, especially the non-believer. And that is, all they see is that when you pound the earth with your fist, you feel a solid ground or the water, and uh, or a, a thorn. <laughs> Oops. When you pound the earth, you feel physical stuff. But there's a part of you that one day will separate from that. Not that the earth is going to disappear, but you will separate from that physical realm. It's some wild stuff. It's it's some wonderful stuff. <laughs> if you don't want, if you don't understand what I'm trying to say, well, keep listening into this podcast show, guys, because we will continue to talk about these kinds of things and get get it out there with some commentary, with everything that I can muster uh, that I've learned from some of these scholars I'm telling you about. Uh, before I go, I wanted to share with you the great portfolio over at JohnPFox.com. That's J-O-M-P-F-O-X.com. And then uh, once there, you just click uh, in the hamburger menu from your phone or the top menu from your desktop where it says Great Portfolio. And in there, I have uh, four tiles here, large thumbnails. Uh, each with the titles, or well, Art and Design, Photography, Music, and Books. And today, I'm just going to bring you into the one that says Music, and that image of Freddie, the statue of Freddie Mercury, is the prominent featured image for for that tile. <laughs> I like this statue of Freddie. He's got his half uh, microphone stand where he pulls it apart, and he runs around the stage holding that thing, and it became uh, his iconic way to, to, to do his uh, show. I'm going to go into that one and play. Now, last week, I played some guitar work and called myself a guitar maniac. It didn't sound too good because it was on Instagram. It was recorded crappy. <laughs> it's scratchy sounding. We'll go ahead and roll something here that uh, maybe it's a little cleaner sounding. It's done on a better recorder and give you an idea of what I was really trying to show you uh, about freedom, American freedom, what I was doing in 1984 through 1991, I was, I was in 84, I was still in college, and in 87, I went back to college and graduated, so I did 1990, so right in there, here, here, let's check into one of these songs right here, guys. <laughs> ¶¶ 
Stop it right there. It was pretty much over anyway. Uh, that is one of about six. Actually, there's only four there that are just nothing but guitar work. Um, that is a duet. We call that uh, in, in music a duet. It's, it's two part, two instruments uh, in, in concert with each other and coordinating um, together. And... Uh, but it was all one person. <laughs> so you get a multi-tracker and you you lay a track and then you go back and do the duet part, the second part. And that's exactly what I did. I actually added the third part. I added some drum, but uh, I just I just couldn't resist. But I've been guitar playing Maniac for a long time. I just I can do slow stuff too. I can do musical stuff. I can do uh, Frank Sinatra type stuff if I wanted to. But there's some nerves going on inside my arms that I really just love to just go nutty with. I was inspired by bands like Ted Nugent, Eddie Van Halen's uh, Van Halen. Um, you know, I don't want to leave a bunch of them out, but there's a bunch of them. The Led Zeppelin's Jimmy Page. I've been inspired by a lot of classic rock artists. Um, and I, well, I listened back then and one day got a guitar. I was telling you in, a, in one of the episodes, if I started messing with my dad's acoustic guitar. It's always laying around the house that <laughs> he never touched. But it, it was just a, it was just something that I love to share on the show. I've got tons of stuff like this. Back where I was showing you the tiles at Great Portfolio, music was only one of the things there. So it, we'll do it again. I, I, lo I love to share uh, these things as for now as part of the advertisements to the show because I got to get yours truly's website out there at the same time. Once this uh, show grows to a certain level, I'm going to bring on board a sponsor here and there, but believe me, it'll only be something that's can, going to be good for you to use. And I do hear from the other podcasters and the sponsors that they go with, and it's usually definitely relevant to their show, something that's relevant to their show and everyday living that you guys can all use. But don't forget, there's a list of 
truth out there that's being said every day. Go into three-week training. Um, listen to his show, the whole thing, and into the earbuds while you work if you can. But listen to it every day. Glenn Beck show, Clay and Buck at noon, Sean Hannity at three, and maybe even watch Tucker Carlson or somebody at, in the afternoon, uh, just before you you <laughs> had enough of it. But uh, do that in a sense that you're out to find out more of the truth. And also, don't forget about Steve Bannon's War Room. It's very informative. I know, he, he got in trouble. Somebody said something the other day when I brought it. That's Steve's podcast. I like listening to it. He said, oh, Steve, isn't he in jail? <laughs> yeah, he got put He got put in jail by Congress. <laughs> okay. You really need to start listening up, guys. <laughs> you're going to the ballot and you're voting. You have no idea what's really, what's real. So how to learn truth, you just got to get to the right places to listen to the right things um there's all kinds of places to get the truth uh and i just named a few today you can go back and start this podcast show over the mp3 there just replay it it'll tell you towards the, the the beginning there where i was doing my monologue some great shows to listen to that's it for today guys we'll do it again next week i hope you enjoy it. i hope this helps and until then goodbye This has been the American Freedom and God podcast. Join us every week for the latest episodes. Please subscribe, rate, and review the series. Visit us and comment on a blog post at johnpfox.com. Happy listening, and remember to always show your awesome.